boys, bad boys. What you gonna do? What you gonna do when they come for you? Uh, welcome back to Stay in Your Lane. I'm your host, John Maley. We're going to pick up uh, where we left off last week on cargo theft. We're going to talk about best practices in this episode, so stay tuned here. Uh, our participants, welcoming back Elizabeth Robinson, Senior Vice President of the North Carolina Retail Merchants Association. Uh, Kathy Schricker, uh, Vice President of Northeast Region Avalon Risk, which is an uh, insurance provider. Thomas Kern from Benish. And uh, everyone's favorite, John Pruitt, Mr. Personality. Got to give you that, John, from Nutribolt, uh, which many of you know as C4. He's a transportation logistics manager. And everybody in here has uh, some level of uh, consistency dealing with cargo theft. And today I want to focus on uh, what our task force officers have shared with us as best practices to try and limit the number of thefts and, and instances where we have opened ourselves up to the liability from the technology and the lack of communication and relationship in the industry now being more transactional based. Uh, I'm going to share some of these with you and I'm going to call on you here. Uh, your vetting procedure becomes more imp important from a carrier vetting process, okay? Uh, should be gone over on a monthly or a quarterly basis once you establish what you do what your practices are going to be so that you're changing and evolving with the times. Uh, the, the two officers have also shared to up to updating any cybersecurity measures in your company that you possibly can and be on the lookout for any phishing emails or anything creative that allows people to get into your system or choose to copy your identity or use your identity. Uh, Conduct regular checks on FMCSA, which we all understand is the government's database to ensure company profile integrity. Uh, scammers have figured out how to how to uh, um, hack in and change uh, that information. So that's not 100% either. Uh, utilize Google Assist uh, with services for validation of who you're working with at, at all times. So we want to talk about these things. Uh, of course, avoid Gmail, lay and start are, are some email domains that they're saying to avoid. Uh, knowing your customers is always key, which I think is lends itself towards our business model. But there's going to be more than that. There's going to be checks and balances with the shippers of understanding that we're loading the right product on the right people and that the people aren't someone else. So... Uh, on this one, I'm going to start with uh, Mr. John Pruitt. Uh, John, uh, what practices have you adopted? So uh, good to be back, uh, John. Uh, quick intro. Uh, I'm the director of logistics for Nutribolt. So um, one of our commodities, C4 Energy, uh, has has gotten caught up in cargo theft, you know, in the past. Um, I can't blame the folks for wanting it, but I, I certainly uh, would prefer they buy it off the shelf. So <laughs> we are Legally. We're trying to trying to get them to go that way. Absolutely. Um, but uh, so some of the things that we've adopted, and, and I, I will tell you, um, you know, it's in the last episode, um, there was some talk about, uh, you know, how has it impacted? What changes has, has this made? And really for us, unfortunately, the first thing is we had to start with our, our carrier pool. Um, we started with knowing our, our carrier vetting practices, right? So that was, that was step one. After these issues came to light and we started seeing 
a growing trend of you know cargo theft and loss um you know we had to go back and look at you know why our you know top five top 10 carriers were being involved in this hey you know what are your practices most of the time we went back and we found that people had a really solid process like they had a process in place um and they went to what looked like a reputable carrier and got scammed by the you know, the Gmail or um, it's the carrier name and they added, you know, changed out an I for a one. Um, you know, they they went to somebody who passed the basic checks and ended up being a fraudulent broker who then handed it off to somebody else to deliver to a different location. So the list went on and on of kind of how things were happening. So we went through our, our vetting practices with our carriers and understood where was everybody at. We, we found some carriers who had phenomenal vetting practices um, and occasionally they, they still got caught up. Um, others, you know, unfortunately the, the vetting practices essentially eliminated if you weren't an established long-term carrier, you weren't going to do business with that broker. Um, and quite frankly, that's how they protected themselves. You know, we saw that as a win for us as a shipper because hey, if this is who you're using, for our freight, um, we appreciate that, you know. They, but at the same time, if you're a new uh, a new carrier, maybe trying to uh, to break into the business, you obviously weren't going to get any business there, right? So we started with understanding what's happening with our our carrier partners. Um, we also had to go to the asset carriers. People always ask uh, sometimes, you know, is it is it just brokers, right? Um, there's also owner operators, right? There, there's other ways. Right that um that cargo theft can occur um even when you think you're running with an asset carrier depending on owner operator relationships and i don't want to go too far down that path because it's certainly never intending to throw shade at any organization but um that's something we learned is we don't it's not only we have to vet our, our broker practices we also have to understand if we're running assets how is that asset actually being ran you know, so that was that was one we looked at. Uh, just to wrap this up, um, so I don't go too long and want to get to everybody else. Uh, but to wrap it up, what we had to do and what we're in the process of really still evolving is we have to know that if we give a load to a carrier, be it a broker or an asset carrier, that when the driver shows up at the door, he has to tell me who he's picking up for. And if that name doesn't match, we're not going to release that load. Um, and what it's done, going back a little bit to the last episode, is we've added a hardship. We've added time to our shipping processes because now we have to wait for a driver who might not have that information on the top of his head to go get that and come back and make sure that who is picking up is really who they say they are. Um, we've we've had to look at our own ratings. Uh, we've had to work with our carrier partners to you know let them know, hey, who is coming to pick up this load so then we can finish that validation. So there's a number of steps. I'm a little out of sequence on that, but what it's come down to is understanding how are our carrier partners vetting, right? Is that somebody, do we feel that they're doing due diligence so that we are comfortable doing business with them as a shipper? Um, and then we had to look at ourselves because even we found that carriers doing a, what we consider a good job, um, there were still things falling through the cracks, especially as you know we've talked about the uh we feel like whoever these people are kind of the, the shadow figures that i haven't found yet uh who are stealing the cargo um they're getting smarter they're using technology in different ways 
So you may have a vetting process that worked last year and it doesn't anymore. So um, that's kind of what we're up against is uh, is understanding, you know, who do we want to do business? Who can we do business with from a carrier vetting perspective? And then what can we implement on the shipping side from warehouse uh, uh, point of view to make sure that when someone comes to collect our freight, it's the person that our, our freight team actually uh, assigned that load to. So apologies, a little long-winded there, but um, that, no, that's I think that's our, what our, our viewers need to hear. Yeah, appreciate it. There, there's, you know, as you said, when you when you look at this, um, there's, uh, I think it starts, you know, in other episodes as well, right? We've talked about partnerships, and we certainly, as a shipper, we have to be comfortable that who we're doing business with is, uh, I'll put it this way, that they care as much about our freight as I do, um, and that's a lot. And and we we found there's there's a lot of fantastic operators out there who do. Um, and they want to do a, a great job. And uh, that's who we gravitate towards as a shipper, right? And, and they're, they're coming to me with solutions and saying, hey, we put this new program into place because they are actively trying to combat uh, cargo loss. And, um, you know, that, that's a, definitely a, a, a plus on our side, on the shipper side. Um, but it also, you know, I've had, I've had brokers, um, asset carriers, different ones come to me and they'll give me tips of, hey, here's something your warehouse could do to potentially catch a fraudulent, you know, carrier, fraudulent broker sending in a carrier um, that's been unauthorized. So partnerships is the name of the game for me as a shipper. Absolutely. I think that, I think that you know, we're getting back to what technology took out of the network. We've seen the fall of Convoy and uh, the tech brokerage platform, the app, the people-less arrangement. We saw it go up, we saw it come down. And it would have happened, I think, much, I'm a firm believer that it would have happened much sooner if we didn't have COVID, which I think created a lot of the the uh, additional uh, time period for everyone to see it. And now we've seen it, you know, go up and, and, and now they've fallen. But I think it takes people. Elizabeth, what are, you, what are your uh, members uh, doing to prevent it on their side because the technology has outpaced and what practices are they putting in place to try and stop the the cargo theft? Thanks, John. Um, and I think I mentioned earlier, we run through the North Carolina Retail Merchants Association, we run the Carolinas Organized Retail Crime Alliance. And um, and that is a group of loss prevention professionals partnering with law enforcement. And so in addition to all those internal best practices around those vetting processes and business relationships, um, sort of a little bit maybe further down the line within the spectrum. Um, and I think you both hit the nail on the head that that to kind of go beyond the technology and build the relationships and build the partnerships, but their focus is really building those partnerships with their colleagues in the loss prevention space and retail, and also with law enforcement. And that's law enforcement from their local police chiefs, sheriffs, offices, um, we've built um, relationships at the state level with the State Bureau of Investigation and Highway Patrol and then with Homeland Security at the federal level as well. Um, but a lot of that is really information sharing. We have an information sharing network through Aura where um, it's vetted. Um, you know, we have to verify your email, that your law enforcement, that you're working with that retailer, and it gives them the opportunity to share any of these types of incidents that they're seeing and happening either within their fleets or within their operations um, so that 
it might be the same group of individuals that's then going after another company um, in another area of the country or in another state, but it gives them a relationship to lean on to say, and I think John kind of mentioned this in another form, but you know, hey, this is what we're seeing. Are you seeing this too? And is this kind of tracking with where you're seeing? And so a lot of that is just allowing for um, intelligence sharing, but also um, when that gets to the point, if that gets to the point where you have an incident, then you have natural partnerships and relationships to hopefully be able to go after these individuals who are the wrongdoers um, and, you know, potentially have other partners with you in that effort. Wow. So you guys are getting proactive about it. John, your, your company's proactive about it. We're proactive about it. How do you get proactive from an insurance perspective, Kathy? Um, thanks, John. Um, we do insure quite a few um, uh, property broker clients, and you know we try to to guide them as as best as we can. First and foremost, you know, stay vigilant. Um, and as Elizabeth and John both said, you know, relationships use trusted carriers. Um, if you are going to be, you know, uh, hiring new carriers and go through that vetting process, make sure to thoroughly review paperwork, ask questions. If something doesn't look right, it probably isn't. Look for those red flags where, you know, identities um, may be compromised and the property broker is hiring an entity um, that, you know, is, is fictitious. Um, you know, what we strongly suggest is to independently verify the information when obtaining a certificate of insurance from that motor carrier looking at their insurance coverage. Um, don't just take the you know phone number on the paperwork um, that's received. The property broker should research that company online and use a you know a publicly posted phone number to verify the information and that entity is you know who they say they are. Um, review those certificates and insurance to, you know, email addresses and phone numbers look, um, you know, suspect or, you know, are there font changes on that certificate where it looks like it's been altered. Um, and certainly we suggest getting those certificates directly from the motor carrier's insurance broker and, and not from a secondhand party that may have made, you know, alterations. Um, and, you know, finally, perhaps, you know, implementing uh, cyber training within, you know, organizations, we at Avalon perform, you know, cyber training and, and cyber risk training for our employees, um, so that they are better able to spot, you know, red flags and, um, you know, avoid situations that may open, you know, the company to cyber crimes. Continue watching on the next episode of the Stay in Your Lane podcast.